Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. The We Can't Wrestle podcast. The King listens to it. WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler, and you better listen to it too. My friend Nate and the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Now it's time for our host, Nate Matson. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode 135 of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson, your host, here with you, along with Mr. Archie Mitchell. What's up? Aaron Maxson. Hello. And, uh, well, David Gold is listening as he's on the road. He's listening to the show. You you can't hear it yet, but he can. This week on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, we are going to review. And, yes, folks, this was my fault. I, I thrust this event upon my counterparts because I saw <clears throat> on YouTube, I was like, oh, shit, I've never seen this. Yep. The NWA World Title Tournament. I mean, I knew Chris Candido won the NWA title this night. I knew he beat Tracy Smothers in the finals. However, on November 19th, 1994, the NWA... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. So this wasn't something you watched and then was like, oh... This will be good. Let's watch this. You just saw oh, it. It's like, oh hey, shit! No, yeah, we were we were all fucking uh, lab rats Nate, together on this one. Nate was like, if I had to sit through this hell, they're sitting through it too. Bullshit. This is def- definitely the NWA at one of its lowest points. Well, and I was also tricked into hearing all these good things about things that Dennis Coraluza did over the years. And, oh, you, uh, mean, you mean screw thought, the NWA by talking badly about Shane Douglas before he was set to become their world heavyweight champion? Possibly. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we are reviewing. It is Cherry Hill, New Jersey, November 19th, 1994, the NWA World Title Tournament event. And before we get to that, though, I'm springing this question on my co-host, just like I sprung this event on them. Because I was thinking about this earlier today as my wife and I were driving home from dinner and uh, some music was on the on the radio. And so we're all kind of from the same generation, you know. Yes. Um, and the way I always look at, now granted, yes, my, my musical tastes go from Johnny Cash to Tool to uh, Snoop Dogg. Right. But I look at the, I look at, I, I consider my generation's music, someone's generation's music, probably the music that was coming out 
between when they were between the age of 14 and 22, you know, the high school years, your formidable years, right. that's your formidable music. Would you guys agree with me on that? That's yeah. your generation. Yeah. Okay, we're all, we're all mainly in the same generation, you know, the grunge generation, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So my question is, and I'll give my answer, but this, I kind of wanted to pose this question to you guys. I may put it in our group too. What group or musical artist from our musical generation, which for those of you that don't know, is probably like 1993 to the year 2000. You know, right. let's just say that. Archie, if you disagree, Aaron, if you disagree. No, but no, that's kind of mine. Those are my formidable years. Um, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, Dr. Dre and all that. But anyway, what group or musical artist that was around during our, that came around during our formidable years did you not really dig or were not into then? And as you've gotten older, you've gotten more into their music. Like you dig them now. You know what I mean? Uh, mine, mine is Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails. Like when, really? when, yeah, when, when he, when that stuff first came out when I was in high school and stuff, not that I didn't like it, but I got, I was just like, eh, this ain't for me, you know? And I didn't begrudge anybody that did like it. But as I've gotten older, I'm, I've I've right. come to appreciate that. That's what made me think of this because I heard, you know, I heard some Nine Inch Nails on the radio. I was like, you know, I've really come to appreciate him later in life than right. I did back then. Well, I know I'll, I'm putting you on the spot, but I'll let Aaron go first because I actually have a story behind mine that's going to take a minute. So go ahead, Aaron. Mine would be the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> okay, I didn't like him when I was a kid, but the older I've gotten. I'm like, yeah, they they're a pretty good band. I like the pumpkins. No, is that because of your love of the NWA as well and Mr. Yeah, Morgan now owns it? <laughs> no, no. I mean I was even before that. Like I just okay. I did I think like how do I wanna say it? I don't wanna say they were like artistic. But I mm-hmm. think they were more of a I was I was a kid, so I didn't appreciate that they're they're more I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, their yeah. their music is more um, at times more ethereal than a lot of the music from that time. And right. let me tell you, let me tell you my story about the Pumpkins. I've been a Smashing Pumpkins fan for a long time. Aaron knows that. Kendall and I, before COVID, uh, the second to last concert we went to, the last concert we went to before the pandemic was Tool, but the second to last concert we went to was the Smashing Pumpkins. Wow. Okay. And. They were on their 30th year anniversary tour, which means they did a 30 song set. Okay. This is like a three and a half hour concert. The problem I had with it was it was like Billy Corgan was like, yeah, we're going to do a three and a half hour concert, but let's take every slow song we have and put it in the middle. (laughs) So like in the middle of the concert, you're like, I want to go to sleep. Right. Right. Like, why did you put all the slow songs back to back in the middle of this three hour shindig? Yeah, it was like WrestleMania. Oh, God. <laughs> God, this is long. Well, the group, I, which I will say, their first song caught me and I was a fan um, Nirvana. Mm-hmm. I liked Smells Like Teen Spirit. And then the next few songs they put out were just not for me. And then one night, it was like five in the morning. I had woken up from my sleep, um, you know, because another hour or two it was time to get ready for school and shit. I caught sight of the uh, video where 
he has an older man get on a cross with a Santa Claus hat. Yeah. I think that's heart shaped box. What is that? It is heart shaped. Yes. Heart shaped. But well, yeah, it's heart shaped box. Yeah. So I was half asleep and it scared the crap out of me. And (laughs) I literally, in my sleepy state of mind, went, God damn it. I hope that, you know, he blows his brains out. I swear to God, mate, I said it. <laughs> and the next day I was on the phone with my girlfriend, who's now my wife, Sarah. We Yes, we've known each other that long. And I told her about it. And she said, oh, I love Nirvana. How could you do that? How could you say that about Kurt Cobain? I said, I don't care. <laughs> and two days later. Kurt Loader's like. Kurt Cobain little, shot himself. Little deep cut there for anybody that watched and, MTV back in the day. MTV News with Kurt Loader. <clears throat> my my girlfriend calls me and goes, "You son of a bitch! You killed Kurt, Kurt Cobain." I'm like, "No, I didn't." She's like, turns no, out, did. sorry, Archie. Turns out, yeah. Courtney Love did it. But yeah, no, you know, she's like, "You gave you, you wished him death, and he died." I'm like, and for the last date, I don't want to lie. Twenty years, that's been in me that I killed Kurt Cobain, and then <laughs> and I started to like the music, and now she tells me. Like about a month ago, you're not allowed to bop your head to Nirvana or sing their song. You killed him. You I'll killed him. him. <laughs> you bastard. So um, it, it, yeah. it's funny with me because I've I've gone in reverse with Nirvana. My favorite band, my personal favorite band in the world, is Pearl Jam. Okay. Um, I but when I was in my teens, I thought Nirvana was my favorite band. Right. And as time has gone on, it's not that I dislike them. Right. But I definitely, as time has gone on, became less enchanted with their music, I guess. Understandable. And it could it could honestly be just because because of his death, they never got to build a huge body of work like Pearl Jam has. Right. You know? and that's what right. I was going to tell you. you. You like Pearl Jam better because good musicians change with their audience. Because how you were saying, when, you're, when you get into, when you start getting popular... Like they, the, the 14 or whatever age group is the people listening to your music. And mm-hmm. if you continue to keep making the same music, right. The fan base you built isn't going to go like, like, I don't like the girl's music, <coughs> but everybody that freaks out, like freaked out when Miley Cyrus, like went and just started changing and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So well, she's changing because the kids that watched her when she was on the Disney Channel aren't no, kids on the Disney right. Channel anymore. Right. That's the they don't they don't want to see her dancing around singing party in the it's, USA. Well, and it's, the it's no different than what like Madonna did. Okay, the, which I don't like Madonna, but that's what I'm saying. I think you'd have a di- and I'm not saying that Nirvana's a better band than Pearl Jam, but I don't think it's that they don't have a big body of work. I just think like, because if he would have shot himself, they would have just been doing grunge music in 2021. They would have evolved. That's something Mm -hmm. he always fought against, though. Uh, You know, I've listened to uh, interviews with with Kurt Cobain that he didn't want to have to change. So he might have stayed grunge, you never know. He might have been the only one who stayed true to his original work and and didn't try to try to grow up you know that's why that's why i always piss back at guys that diss metallica right because metallica they're always like um you know uh, there's like i saw a meme the other day it was funny but it showed uh james hetfield at a metal detector and it said yep. no metal detected for 25 years Since or whatever 1993 yeah yeah but okay that's funny and everything but like aaron was saying okay it, and i'm gonna use an example i'm gonna use an example Good musicians evolve as they get older. Yes. You know, 
and and Metallica evolved as a band. I actually enjoy Loaded and Reloaded, and I enjoy the later albums. I think right. that as a band, they grew, they changed their music. The the one I'll compare it to is I personally think, uh, past like maybe the late nineties, Aerosmith's pathetic. Their music never changed, and right. Steven Tyler's like seventy five years old, and he's still out there in the those way. well, and he's still out there in those spandex with his right. fucking Ultimate Warrior things on his arms, and, <laughs> and he looks it's pathetic. He's pathetic. He looks like the mom from Sons of Anarchy. He does. <laughs> he does. Or the or that meme that says, "Look, it's the cool aunt that buys you booze," you know. <laughs> you know. But, but do no, you guys I, see I what agree. I'm saying, though? Yeah, like, I just I, I see Steven Tyler and Aerosmith now. I'm like, Jesus, they never evolved. No. They never evolved. They're the same band they were in 1976. Right. But they're they, still all fucking. But the only difference is they're fucking old and gross looking now, right. you know? Right. <laughs> anyway, no. I, I hope what I said made sense there. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Well,. Now that we can get back to wrestling now here on the right. We Can't Wrestle podcast, but I just thought that was a cool, like, you know, I thought about it today and I was like, well, you're the first three other than my wife I'm going to talk to. So I'm going to ask you guys that question and see what you thought. So, like I said at the beginning of the show, NWA Championship Tournament, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, November 19th, 1994. I have two and a half pages of notes. On this thing, it's way so, too much notes. Oh, oh. <laughs> I couldn't stop writing. I got writer's cramp. I couldn't stop writing. So we open the show with, with the 1970s John Denver. <laughs> it's like, is that 1970s John Denver? Is the ring announcer? <laughs> I was about to say the goofiest looking fucking ring announcer I've to ever me, seen. He looked in like my Napoleon life. Dynamite. I was like, when did they get this? How did he get back in time? <laughs> Oh, well. Dang, it's Eddie Gilbert. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's just I, I. The minute I put I put it on, and I like you said, the announcer looked funny and everything. And I'm like, damn, was this how bad '94 looked? You know what I mean? The people, the the arena they were in. I know. No, it was, it was a, just this place. It was yeah, right. It, was, it wasn't like, damn, I don't remember looking that bad in '94. You know. The ring announcer introduces us to Tommy Fierro, Damian Kane, Dennis Whipwreck, who uh, was the namesake for Mikey Whipwreck, Ron Scholar, and Dennis Coraluzzo. Yes. And I know, I said some. I said, "Oh, I heard." Always heard. Dennis Coraluzzo did did do some good things in the Northeast in the '90s as far as promoting wrestling. He kind of helped keep it alive. Him and uh, uh, but other than Heyman, but Coraluzzo and um, uh, Joel Goodhart. You know, they both did good things for East Coast wrestling in the 90s. But after this, uh, Coraluza talks about the fundraiser people, which I didn't obviously write any of those names down. Yeah, this was just a massive circle jerk. It, yeah. was, it was a long-winded speech that maybe he didn't need to give right then and there. He could have done it after the show. And he's like, you know... You know he, he, he just stopped short of going, and these are the mobsters that have helped fund tonight's <laughs> right. event. Right. You know? It's not the fact that they did it. It's the fact that they put it on the tape. Right. <laughs> True, yeah. <laughs> he was even like, and don't forget Marco's Pizza or whatever, talking about yeah, the they got over the, in the corner. Do, Domino's. Got Domino's. And they deliver. It's good <laughs> shit. 30 minutes or less or it's free. 
Am, um, am, am I the only one who was bothered that through the whole tape, it kept saying collaboration? And I kept, I, like, because it kept, like, in little letters that would come up. Oh, the, collaboration. the tracking? Yeah. Yeah. No, the video go, collaboration. The, yeah, I would go, who the fuck are they collaborating with? It's the NWA. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> Who's collaborating here? You Marco's know? Pizza. That's who they're collaborating <laughs> yeah. with. Actually. We're gonna, were you listening? We're, we're gonna we're gonna do a commercial for them after this is over. <laughs> um, I did not. Actually, early in my notes here, it says I don't know who these announcers are. I don't know their names. I didn't know their names until the end of the show. Okay, because uh, I didn't hear ever hear them say their names. Right. right. Tommy Nori. And the professor are our shitty announce team on this show, folks. These guys wait, are fucking wait, terrible. Wait, hold, hold. I never heard them call him the professor. I heard Tommy Nori. Yeah, he. What, what was he the professor of sucking? Because that, <laughs> that was bad. This that was, was like that, that was that was Tammy Sitch. Just <laughs> just to show you, just to show you how bad these announcers were. This show took place, folks, on November nineteenth, nineteen ninety four. The announcers literally go, we're watching the NWA championship. The one guy, the Nori guy. Mm-hmm. The NWA championship tournament from, um, what was it? 11 eighteen ninety four, And the professor goes, sounds good. <laughs> I was like, this is terrible already. They haven't right. got to a match. Sounds good. Yeah, whatever. This is real professional. It's like the guys that did the announcing didn't even work for the NWA because they right. shit on the show the whole time. They filled they, it, and then Dennis Carlozo was like, just give me two guys that are hanging out at the pizzeria. Don't worry about it. I know a guy, Tommy Nori, works for Marco's Pizza. We'll have him yeah. do it. And oh, his, home, buddy, his, homeless friend, his homeless friend, they call him the professor. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, these guys are assholes. Like... <laughs> Like, well put. I mean, it's like when Nate and I would sit down and like play our video games and make like stupid jokes while we were playing right. the games. That's what right. these guys were doing. And mm-hmm. it's not wrong to sit there and make fun of something if it's bad, but if you're being paid to commentate, right. like I guarantee there's wrestlers on this show that if known that was going to be the commentary that was included on it, wouldn't even been involved. Yes, oh, if definitely. You're, if you're getting paid to put over the product, you put it over no matter how shitty it is. Maybe Jim Ross, Tony Shivani. Jim Ross and Tony Shivani right now. Corey Graves. Maybe they weren't being paid. Corey Graves. Well, yeah, no, Michael well, Cole. Hold on. hold on. Corey Graves this past Monday totally shit on one of the guys. One of the guys. I forgot who was cutting the promo, but I think it might have been uh, uh, Xavier Woods. And Corey Graves was like. Xavier Woods has been here 10 years. Is that the best he's got for a promo? And Michael Cole was like, well, Corey, he said what he felt. He's like, well, if that's what he feels, that was ridiculous. And I went, wow, Corey Graves totally went off script just now. So I don't know about Corey Graves, but this was, like you mentioned, you guys playing the video game. My brother and I got an old tape of uh, Japanese death matches mm-hmm. in like 93, 94. It was Cactus Jack versus... Terry Funk, but we watched the whole tournament and we were doing our own commentary and we were right on par with these two guys. I bet you had fun with you know? Do- with Mr. Pogo when you were doing your commentary. We were going crazy on the on the guy Naminaminumi. Yeah. yeah. You did just get, but they said that <laughs> yeah. name about 17 times in one minute. 
And so we just, every day, all day, we, hey, mom, what? It's not an Abanubia. Of course, my <laughs> mother would get pissed. Like, Go away. I just remember when I got some of that stuff. One of the first things I thought was this Mr. Pogo, this fat fuck. What? Right. <laughs> you know, right. like, Jesus Christ. He was awful. All right. The first match of this tournament is <laughs> Devin Storm against the late great at this point, Tracy Smothers. Um, The match wasn't bad. The commentary was terrible. The match wasn't bad in and of itself. You know, well, it was a good match. And they did the, the, the classic indie thing of having the first guy go out and make sure that he's established as the bad guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they bring Tracy out. If they would have brought Tracy out first, it would have been a horrible mistake because here comes this guy with a rebel flag and he's in fucking New Jersey. You know what I mean? Yeah. In right. 1993, they would have come they, off as the they, heel. They would have booed him and cheered Devin Storm. So they had to make sure Devin Storm came out and said that and, he hated uh, being in this dump hole of Cherry right. Hill. And at this point, Devin was making his way up and down the East Coast. So he was established as, as a, not a star, but an up and comer. So they might have cheered him. You're right about that. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Devin just keeps missing moonsaults in this match. Yeah, so I'm telling yeah. you, like this poor guy. <laughs> I, I wonder if that was the way they choreographed too. Like, all right, Tracy, we're gonna go out there, and I'm gonna try to hit you with a moonsault. What do you mean try? Well, I'm never gonna actually connect. That or I'm Tracy gonna... just didn't want to take the moonsault. <laughs> right. And Tracy was like, "You ain't doing that to me, boy." <laughs> <laughs> I ain't a young pistol anymore. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know you, son. <laughs> um, Smothers goes over in this match. And uh, up next, it is Johnny Gunn, mm-hmm. who we recently talked about on Reliving the Extreme, because uh, <laughs> in late 1993, Johnny Gunn won the ECW tag titles with Tommy Dreamer, and yep. then no-showed that shit. But yep. uh, yeah, thanks, Johnny. Didn't, thanks didn't, you. Sincerely, Johnny did, Gunn. Yeah. Didn't Shane Douglas take over as Johnny's? replacement yeah we just and then screw mm-hmm. over dreamer yeah that was just uh actually last week's episode yeah, yeah he uh yeah <clears throat> well i mean so, i will say this as much as bad as it was for johnny not showing up it did start the douglas dreamer feud which went on almost the entirety of ecw so what you're saying what what you're saying is inadvertently johnny gunn actually did something good in the wrestling right, business right <laughs> He didn't mean to do it. He didn't mean to do it. He was just being an asshole. He probably that's probably when the WWE signed him. And you know, he I, I actually agreed with these announcers on this one because Johnny Gunn's got this manager thing with him, and the one announcer says, "Here comes Johnny Gunn," and whatever that is with him. <laughs> I put the, it's the American mystery because they never say his name. So it's just Johnny Gunn with the American mystery. The American. Why mystery. does Johnny Gunn have? Why does Johnny Gunn have this outlandish manager? I, I don't know. He's, like, he's, a, he's supposed to be a good guy, and he has like this outlandish it was, manager. It was probably his his uh, bag guy. You know, his guy that drove him around. Oh, don't bring him out there with you. Why you got this outlandish <laughs> manager, folks? He's got this ridiculous like. It's an attempt at like an Apollo Creed type of outfit, I guess. Like the 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 uh, uh, living in America outfit, but I don't think we ever even see the dude's face like the whole time. Like every time they get a shot of him, it's of his back. So I have no idea who he was, what he was. And the announcers, there's no fucking purpose. No, Um, 
Well, there may have been a purpose, but they never explained it on the tape. So we don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We don't know who this guy was. Maybe if the announcers had some backstory or information, we might have been able to put two and two together. But as Aaron said, it was just an outlandish manager that came in out of nowhere and was never seen again through all of Johnny Gunn's career. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't have even seen him again on this night if Johnny Gunn won. Right. Um, the... Uh... <laughs> The, the 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 commentators are dogging the ring announcer at this point. Like we're we're not even a half hour into this show and it's off the rails. I am a fan of Eddie Gilbert. As am I. But why did Eddie Gilbert do a steers and queers joke in Jersey? <laughs> like uh, that's a te- that's a joke you do in Texas. Right. That's how you get heat in Texas, not in Cherry Hill. You know what I mean? The other part is like they make fun of the fact that Eddie comes out and his music doesn't start till he gets in the ring. They're like, oh, yes, and now his music hit. Yes, they point that out. They love dogging their own product, apparently. Yeah. And they said that Eddie Go- Eddie Gilbert, they say Eddie is freshly back from no-showing in Puerto Rico. Oh, shit. You yeah. catch that? I didn't even catch that. Yeah. He's right. He said, oh, that's, Eddie, that's Eddie actually, is freshly that's actually, back from no-showing in Puerto Rico. That's actually really funny. What I'm saying <laughs> is what these guys are saying is funny. Like, they're funny because they're, they're making fun, but... But it's like you don't do that. They're, <laughs> like, almost, they're almost like it's almost like they're mystery science theater three thousand again. Or they're like us. They're like us. They're just right. watching the show and reviewing it. Yeah, right. So it's possible the NWA NWA never hired these guys. It's possible that just no. Somebody... They they say they work for they, they're they're that company. They're they're the guys that run that that what was it off the top rope productions or whatever. Right, they're the guys right. that run so, this. Like they, they produced the video for the NWA. That may have never have known that was them doing commentary. Or so then, when Dennis it. got this thing, it was probably just like, "Well, here it is," and he already <laughs> paid for it. He, he couldn't afford to go back and edit these guys out of it. All he got to take home after this show was a copy of this tape and the leftover Marco's pizza. Yep. Yep. So I wrote down my note here. The fight goes into the crowd. But I can't see it. Oh, okay. My, my so notes are, from what I could tell, from what I could see, it was terrible. Like, this was bad. Mm-hmm. It, the, the, and the crowd was looking around, not at Gilbert and Gunn, but like if another fight broke out between crowd members. I kept saying, like, is something going on that I, I'm not aware of in this, the other, you know? And the, this match started the trend of... The guy operating the the hard cam, nobody explained to him what a fucking hard cam is. Right. He kept zooming and panning, and mm-hmm. and it's like that's not your job. Your job is to stand there and make sure that thing's still and doesn't get fucking knocked over. That right. is your job, and stays in focus. I'm You're the hard this. cam. I'm watching this. You're making me ill. <laughs> You're right. giving me motion sickness. Right. Yeah. Like like. When Paulie only had one camera, like when ECW was, if they only had the hard cam, they shot the entire fucking show at that angle. They didn't right. zoom in, yeah. they didn't do all that shit because it's distracting and it's annoying. And that's why you have a hard cam, so you don't have to show people doing those things. And that's why Paulie was genius. Yep. Saying, okay, for this show, we only have the hard cam, but we can also have a fan cam. Right. So that you know, that we talk about the genius of Paul Heyman on 
reliving the extreme all the time. You see it. The guy's a fucking genius. Anyway, I don't want to get off on a thing. You know, people can say he's not a good guy, not good with money. <laughs> okay, let's not, let's right. not, but a fucking genius. All right. So I think Eddie Gilbert won this match with his feet on the ropes. It was shot so terribly and commentated so terribly. I don't know for sure. But Eddie Gilbert goes over here, over Johnny Gunn, rightfully so. Mark Curtis makes his first appearance of the show, Mr. Brian Hildebrand. Um, and our next match is a good match. Yes. Possibly the best match of the night. Chris Candido against Al Snow. First, then my first note at this time in her life, Tammy was all the way live. Yeah, I put in my like, notes that this that that this pre Tammy is the hottest Tammy, and nobody can change my mind. <laughs> oh no, I agree. Pre WWE Tammy was definitely much better looking. Uh, and WWE, 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 WWE Tammy, Tammy was hot. Oof. Oh no, but in the smoking guns get up. Give me a break. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, I like this. I like this Tammy the most. This I'm gonna bring Tamara Murphy, right? Tam, uh, yeah, Tamara Murphy Fitch. I think Fitch, was, she, yeah. she was still Fitch. Yeah. Um, the I have it later on in my notes because she actually does a promo, but I want to bring it up now just because we're talking about her. Another thing about her, the my favorite female promo in wrestling is Sherry. Obviously, Sherry hands down. Oh, Sherry. definitely. Sherry's it. Sherry's my favorite female performer, but. In this gimmick and in the body Donna's gimmick, with the way that she that she enunciated things and the way that she used her voice and knew how to use her voice, <laughs> Tammy was also a fantastic underrated heel promo. Oh yes, like to, to get heat with the crowd and everything because she talked in that condescending, bitchy. I mean, she had a you can you can watch her and tell why. Jim Cornette thought she was amazing. Oh yeah, because it's what a good fucking heel. Anyway, um, she was perfect with Chris. Yes, the fact that they moved her away from Chris made no sense in the WWF. She was they they worked together perfectly well. He was I know he was a little bit short, but he had a great build. He was a great goddamn great wrestler, mm. and she was the perfect mouthpiece for him. Well, Archie, it could have been because she was fucking Shawn Michaels. Well, yes, but they didn't put her with Shawn Michaels. They put her with everybody I, else. I, I, was, I was just being crude. You know? <laughs> you know, I think I think it was Chris Candido was never made to be in the WWF. Um, and and I'm not I'm not dissing Chris Candido. No, I love no. Chris Candido. But Chris Candido, the minute he walked in the door of the WWF, you know, the first thing Vince McMahon noticed about Chris Candido was Tammy, and how small he was. You know, just the same way. I mean, let's be honest. The same way it was with Mark Marrow and Sable. You know, yes. I mean, Vince said, uh, "I like, I like that Tammy. She can, she can bring that little Chris Candido with her too." And I mean, he was just—it's—it's it's sad, but I mean, I think I'm right. He was just—he was never you know, going to. The difference in those two t- uh, couples is Sable actually left Mark Marrow because she believed the hype Vince Fetter. Yeah. Tammy and Chris stayed together until Chris passed away. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, the other big difference between those two couples is that one of the couples, both of them were talented. And in the other couple, neither one of them were any good. Right. (laughs) And now one of them is Mrs. Brock Lesnar. (laughs) You know, Jim Cornette calls her the female ultimate warrior. Oh, big time. Yeah. 
Big just, time. She's she got hired for her look. She had no fucking talent. <laughs> he he does not ever. He will you would never hear Jim Cornette say a nice thing about nope. Sable. But anyway, back to this uh, deal. I know I got us off track. My other Al note, and other, Chris worked great together. Yes, other than this being the best match on the card, this is something that that Archie probably didn't catch, but I know Aaron probably did. Archie, Aaron, and I live thirty miles from Lima, Ohio, where Al Snow is from. Right. They, they meant anybody we, that's we, not from here mispronounces it. It makes me mad. Me too. The the ring announcer said from Lima, Ohio, and we oh, hate yeah. that around here. It's Lima in Peru. In right. the United States, right. it is Lima. Lima. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. But um. Right. But yeah, that's all I had down on here was that, and then it was the best match of the night. You guys have anything else on this one? Uh, Chris and Al complimented each other perfectly. Uh, when Chris tried to get, take to take it to the air, Al was cutting Chris off, and vice versa. I saw mm-hmm. both of these guys truly trade shot for shot, or you know, um, um, defensive you know takeover. It was it was a perfectly well thought out match, and I don't know why the whole tournament wasn't booked like this. You know what I mean? I understand every, only one person could shine, but you could see right out of the gate, Chris Candido was the right choice to become NWA champion at this time. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, The next match is Jerry the King Lawler against the dirty white boy, Tony Anthony. Two guys I'm a big fan of. Lawler's one of my favorites of all time. Dirty white boy, totally underrated. And Uh, uh, Jerry Lawler's coming out, and the commentator says, speaking of taking a dump, here's Jerry Lawler. (laughs) Yeah, like... (laughs) These guys had a vendetta to, 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 to sell. With and then they talked about, players. and then they talked about the people shitting in King's crown in the WWF. Like, and why they are you talking about that? They also said. Uh, they also said, he made a joke about some girl in the crowd, and the announcer said, "This girl's too young for Lawler." Or oh no! Too old for Lawler. I mean, is what he said. It's too. She's too old for Lawler. Yeah, they picked um, on that blonde girl a lot. They 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 ended up, they ended up calling her the doorknob. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, doorknobs involved again because everybody <laughs> gets a turn. These guys are horrible. Yeah, they're bad. But I, I wish they. they I wish we knew. Job. I wish I knew where they were at though, so we could bring them on the show. <laughs> they're fucking funny. At least a um, professor. I'm on it. I'm gonna find this Tom Norrie guy, and then he can tell us who the fucking professor was. Is it one night uh, today? Not oh, at no, this no. point. <laughs> no, you never heard of Hunakan uh, Rana or Lamahi Strauss Cradle. That wasn't cold tonight. <laughs> this was your standard Jerry Lawler indie match, but yeah. but it doesn't matter because no matter what he's doing, no matter how little he's doing, or no matter how much he's doing, Jerry Lawler's a fucking heat machine. He's a professional. He is one of the greatest of all time. All time. And even in this, Jerry Lawler can do nothing and he's doing something. You know what I right. mean? Like, right. he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, and that's um, I, put, I put that as my, like one of my notes is Jerry Lawler, hands down, is probably the biggest, the most paid guy on this show. Like, I guarantee he makes even more than Jim Cornette, who comes out, who they call the big banana. Yeah. By the way, because he's wearing his yellow suit. Here's the big banana, Jim Cornette. But the 
I know you guys said that the Lawler or the Al Snow Candido match was the best match on the show. This was the this was the entertaining thing on this was like the most entertaining thing on oh, the show. Oh, I agree. I agree. Both guys definitely played their parts and and did whatever they could to get you know the crowd up and, and cheering and, and mm-hmm. you know. But what I didn't like was the ending. You know, I, I couldn't get over that which I had no problem with Chris getting a bye in the next round, but I think there could have, I mean, why couldn't Tony Anthony go over? Was Lawler not looking to put somebody over or what, what was Well, he did. He won by there? DQ. He won by DQ. No, but in the next round, it, 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 it says double disqualification. No, he won by DQ because he goes I, on I, because his knee's fucked up. Oh, okay. Remember? I yeah, sworn yeah. I heard vote announcers say no, double disqualification and the match was thrown out. Anthony goes into the next round to fight Candido. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this thing. It, it. The the problem with the match was that it it was it was five to seven minutes too long. That's the only well, critique I have of it. Well, it seemed like they gave everybody time in the first round. Uh, I guess because they figured they had such a, a decent crowd there, they had to give them a wrestling show. You know what I mean? But. I agree with you. It was definitely five minutes too long. And 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 I, and I understand what you're saying, but it's like if all you're going to do is a stall and brawl, which right. is fine, because Jerry Lawler is not going to go to fucking Cherry Hill, New Jersey in a goddamn swamp-ass smelling warehouse. I guarantee that, but it's not like wet ass. There's oh, no way. Because if you notice at the beginning of it, fucking uh, uh, bay doors closed. And as the show progressively goes on, that bay door keeps going up and up and up. Because I guarantee every single wrestler went to the back and said, it smells like wet ass out there. Wet fucking ass. Well, you've never been to Cherry Hill before. It, it smells I like am. wet ass there all the time. All that, so. That's what I'm saying. So, like I said, I think it was these guys. And the funny part is they probably all drove there together. <laughs> Well, I mean, Cor- Lawler was probably there because of Cornette, because Cornette was friends with Coraluzo. Well, yeah. So and 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 Smoky Mountain, Smoky Mountain fucking supplied half the fucking talent on this fucking show, and they even had their banner up. And like I said, this is all of these people are are Smoky Mountain. I mean, Lawler went there eventually because they had the USWA feud, but if. If Lawler and if Lawler didn't fly in, they didn't fly Lawler in. I guarantee at least Jim Cornette, uh, Dirty White Boy, and Mark uh, Mark Curtis drove there together. Cornette doesn't White fly. Boy. Yeah. So yeah. Um. <clears throat> the the match was was I know. Okay, the match was a little too long. I actually wrote down the after match was better than the match itself um, with the angle going on afterwards. Uh, Dirty White Boy wins by disqualification. And then uh, there's a beat down. Al Snow comes out and helps Dirty White Boy. I'd have to look at my timing, but I think this might have even been during the Smoky Mountain USWA feud. And this was probably something that Cornette got to use for his own show. With his own commentary and stuff over it, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, hopefully. The, the professor. Probably oh, Cornette wouldn't have had that commentary on. Yeah, no. 
<laughs> He'd have been like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> we gotta go back to Cherry Hill. Some fucking dudes, and he did it with my car. And he did, yeah, and he did some guys with my car. <laughs> I say, you banana suit, you motherfucker. <laughs> I can see Cornette now. Um, so the next match is is something. It it happened. Um, <laughs> something. Yeah, it's, it's, I wrote down. Well, this match happened. Um, it's a guy named Lou Perez who I've never heard of against. Osama Nishimura from Japan, and the the as the Japanese guy's coming out, one of these commentators goes, "Is this the Japanese guy?" Wow. Yeah, I don't know if you caught that or not, but uh, ain't got no shoes. Let's point that out to you. <laughs> ain't got no shoes. Can you imagine Nishimura? They're like Nishimura-san. Yes, we're finally gonna send you to America. Ah, yes, yes. I get to go to America. Oh, where am I going? Cherry we're gonna Hill. send you to the. We're gonna send you to Cherry Hill to to wrestle in a wet ass smelling warehouse with Al Perez's fake cousin. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> but it's under the NWA banner. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you got there. It was like, you know, well, that's what I. That, that's where I thought. That's where I thought Aaron was going. We're sending you to America. Oh, finally go to America. You're going to be in an NWA championship tournament. Oh, uh, yes. championship tournament. Yes. It's going to be in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Cherry Hill. We have cherry blossom in Japan. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. Yes. Yeah. And then just building it up and building it up. And then he, and then shows he gets up, there. He shows up and it's like, you have to go, okay, now go down. I don't know the roads, obviously, but go down Hardway. Smith Street. Oh, turnpike. Turnpike. Go to, go, take the three. turnpike. Go down Smith Street. Now, what you want to do is you want to go left into an alley. When it starts to smell, yeah. When it starts to smell like wet ass, you know you've reached your destination. <laughs> when you pat, when you get to the point where where you pass the dumpsters, there's no there's no change in the smell. That's you're almost there. You're almost there, boy son. You're almost there. You'll, you'll see the professor in the parking lot. He'll wave you in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't now, know. Who prof- I don't know who Professor is. Nobody know knows you. who Professor yeah. is. They'll know you. Don't worry. Now, we re- maybe shouldn't be doing the Japanese um, accent. A um, little, little bit of um, current news. Willie Urbina from AEW, their, mm-hmm. uh, their Spanish announce team, got caught making fun of uh, Sheeta, their women's champion. When they mm-hmm. went to commercial break, his mic was still on. And he was making fun of her accent, mm-hmm. and they fired him this morning because he was being remember, insensitive. Remember when wrestling was wrestling? No, I do. <laughs> you know, but you know what I'm was, saying. No, like, he was being very insensitive in the things he was saying. He wasn't just making a Japanese accent. Oh, okay. He was saying right. a lot of ugly things about her. Oh well, no, that's not cool. And then, you know, no. because it was in, obviously it was in Spanish, but what a Japanese accent when you they they looked into what he said was really bad. Mm. So. Well, fuck him then. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, if it, uh, yeah, well, we just yeah. did there wasn't racist. If no, he was no, being no. racist, fuck him. He deserves to be fired. Yeah. yeah. No, no, he wasn't being racist. His exact words were, he was saying things like, oh, only us Japanese girls on OnlyFans. You could see us naked. And uh, it was just, it would just kept snowballing. And there was another woman on the Spanish announce team making the same joke with him. and But she didn't get fired. So I don't know why, but. Accidental live mic things yeah. always strike me because I'm like, you have a microphone on. 
Why would Take you it off even, and walk away? Why, why right. would you even remotely say anything that could pop, you know, especially well, in today's world? Like you listen Monday, to some of those old those old outtakes from yeah. Monday Night Raw back in '96 and stuff when people weren't so fucking sensitive. That doesn't matter. Right. But nowadays, why would you oh, even yeah. take the risk? Well, they caught Jim Ross saying, uh, it, like, when Anna Jay first debuted in AEW, they caught him during the commercial break saying, "I'll tell you that Anna Jay is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty uh, good looking. I wouldn't mind the night alone with her." And the whole world freaked out. Well, and I I'm don't. Thinking, She's twenty two. He, yeah, he's sixty, and but it's not like he said it about a seventeen year old. You know what I mean? He wasn't being. Oh, and let's be honest. There is you know? no. There is Jim Ross watching AEW is Gordon right. Sully at the right. worldwide tapings in right. nineteen ninety four. Jim Ross right. is fucking bloated. The whole there's no way he watches that shit sober. No. If he watched that shit sober. He would not watch it any. You know what I mean? Like, there's he no would, way Jim Ross he is sober. Say the things he said. That man is too professional to say some of the stuff he's ever said. He like really shits on their product while he's commentating. So yeah, because it's awful. I mean? Anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll get we, to that. We kind of like, our... like the professor. <laughs> right, the professor was Jim Ross all this time. The uh, the Anishimura hits it. the one thing I will say about this match. I didn't care for the match. He said he hits a sick power bomb on this Perez dude though. Like I was like, oh fuck! Right. And then they have a time limit draw. But here's the rub, folks. This was the fifth match. Right. Who are they going to so, wrestle? Right. <laughs> exactly. There is there is no. They had a time limit draw in a tournament for a match that if there was a winner, we wouldn't know. Was there going to be a triple threat match in the finals? I, I, I don't know. Like the <laughs> Nori guy even brings it up. Like he was like, like the professor's like, there's a time limit draw, and that Nori guy's like, well, who are they gonna right. fight in the next round if they won anyway? And then the guy was like, well, I think they were going to be an alternate or something, and he was like, oh, that still doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> right. Can you imagine? What was what was his Perez? What was his first name again? I forgot. Luke Lou Lou. You and your winner and new NWA champion Lou Perez. Lou the Lip Perez. <laughs> and his manager, the professor. <laughs> the professor. The professor revealed himself. He came right. out from behind the microphone. It was me, Carluzzo. It was me all along. Oh, I saw a really funny meme today. I saw a really funny meme today. It said. Uh, <laughs> It said at the top of it, it was like just like a black screen or a black mm-hmm. thing. Or no, 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 it wasn't black. It, it had a picture of Tony Khan, okay? Right. And it says, who is this Nick Khan? And then it shows the thing of Vince, like, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, there, there is no Nick Khan. It's just Vince McMahon. <laughs> but that guy, oh, Aaron. What? Aaron was Aaron was Aaron's been on the show since the very beginning. Did I or did I not in 2017 say the WWE was getting re- themselves ready to be sold? I've been saying that for like four to five years, and they are making moves right now. I'm telling you guys, Vince McMahon is selling that company. He's probably selling it to NBC, and that's why that Nick Khan guy is there. And we keep getting off topic. I'm sorry. It's okay. Up next, For a show like this, we can get off topic. <laughs> up next, terrible match. Don't know who either of these guys are. The Inferno Kid against Mister Motion. Yeah, I don't even know the guy's name was the Inferno Kid. I never even heard him right. say it. Right. I just wrote Tony Rumble's guy versus Mister Motion. What the fuck is going on? 
That is the only notes I have for that match. Yeah, it was bad. And I left. I left. I left the room. <laughs> I fast forwarded. Made a sandwich. Yeah, I fast forwarded. Uh, it was only like three minutes, but it was three minutes of my life I got to keep. So, and, and that's what I didn't get. That wasn't a tournament match. That was just an extra throw in. Yep. So, yeah, and that's, that's the other part about this. Oh, sorry. At the no, beginning no. of this match. They go and this and and at the beginning of this match is actually when Tony Nori or whatever brought up the fact that the time limit draw thing happened because this match happens and he thinks this he thinks it's the next match in the tournament. Right, that's what I'm saying. It, it made no sense. I've heard of, of shows having non-tournament matches on them, but not when you only have six six actual matches. You know, it made yeah. no sense. And it still would have led to a triple threat match in the finals, which didn't generally happen in the NWA. So I don't think they were leading towards that. You know. I The next match is... the. <laughs> this is another one of the times where these, these terrible commentators made me laugh, actually. Because this is a WWF challenge match at this show. We got Scotty Ooh. Flamingo. He's, I think he wrestles at the show as Scotty Flamingo, not Johnny Polo. They, they introduced him as Scotty Flamingo, also known as Johnny Polo. And then he's wrestling Doink. And they say, it's not Doink Born, it's not Doink Apollo. And then when the bell rings, that one guy cracked me up. Because he goes, Scotty Flamingo here against Doink the 18th. <laughs> I fucking lost it. I was like, that's actually really funny. Yep. Doink the 18th. <laughs> this doink was actually the most in shape doink I've ever seen. <laughs> and he had a cute little, little, little afro. <laughs> yeah, juice doink. But, but yeah, this like, this doink was like in shape. Usually like doink is kind of chunky, chunky, you know, like Matt Bourne wasn't a muscle guy. Yeah. Steve Lombardi wasn't a muscle guy. Right. Ray Apollo wasn't a muscle guy. And the funny part is I just said those three guys' names. And Doink was always on a very <laughs> talented wrestler. Right. Yeah. In the WWF, at least. Yeah. It's, it's like we have Doink born, Doink Apollo. This here tonight, like, ladies and gentlemen, Doink Warlord <laughs> taking on Scotty Flamingo. Brooklyn but, Doink. Uh, <laughs> what Brooklyn Doink? Brooklyn yeah. Doink. <laughs> Fuck off, Chad. Aust- Chad Austin's buddy Doink. Yeah. Chad Austin's buddy Doink. One of Chad Austin's buddies has a Doink suit that he he takes and wrestles as himself, and then as Doink, <laughs> or did. All right, this match was quick. Who won? Scotty won, didn't he? I don't even have the finish written down. I just put it was quick and painless. Scotty won. And I think this might actually be one of the last times he was Scotty Flamingo. Right, because in about well, a year go- and a half, he becomes Raven. He goes, let me see, this is November. I think he shows up in ECW in, what, April of 95? Yeah. I thought it was earlier. I thought it was earlier It might have been. It might have been. I, I could be wrong. Um, but, it's. I mean, it's definitely early 95. But it's about a year from this, mm-hmm. you know, eight, eight nine months. Because he had to get the Raven look down. He didn't look nothing like Raven at this point. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, the next match on the show, second round tournament action that, once again, I can't really see. It's Tracy Smothers against Eddie Gilbert. And, boy, I wrote down here, boy, oh, boy, 
would I have loved to have seen this match? Because it sounds great. I'm going to watch Eddie Gilbert and Tracy Smothers, but I don't get to really watch it because most of the match takes place outside the ring and outside the purview of the camera. Yeah, Eddie was Eddie wanted to fight all over the arena that night. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be in the ring at all. I don't know why. Well, let's be know. let's be honest. At this time, he wasn't. First of all, he wasn't in a good place in his life. No, he was not. <laughs> um, just the, this was this was he was um, he was at the point he was at the point of spiraling out of control at this point. Right, I know that. I know that. Um, you can tell but just I, with I, the but, way he got in the ring. And I, but I know, I know, I can say what I can see what you're saying too, Archie. Like you're, you're right. He wanted to, he essentially wanted to do Puerto Rico and Cherry Hill. Right, is right. what he wanted to do. Without so this is no, this is this is November, and he's dead in February. Right. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do Puerto Rico and Cherry Hill without enough cameras, essentially. Right. Um, and then <laughs> I wrote down. <laughs> I think it's because the camera was out of focus. I put this match had an un- unclear finish, literally. <laughs> like I didn't. I, 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 I know. I know. Tra- I know Tracy went over, but I didn't actually really even pick up on how it happened. Uh, you know, I'm going to say something here, and maybe I'm wrong, but I have to. I have to say it. There are people who say Shane Douglas killed the NWA when he threw down the belt. And, and, you know, hoisted up the ECW title, which is one of my favorite moments ever. Um, the NWA didn't do themselves any favor after this with the show like this. And, no, you know, no. they had Candido it, as their champion. But then also at the same time, I believe Dan Severn had a t- an NWA title, too. Yeah. Well, no, definitely, Archie. You're right. You if, Shane, I mean? if Shane Douglas killed the NWO, the NWO, if Shane Douglas killed the NWA, these guys fucked the corpse. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean you know. there's, you know, it's not, it's not good. Like, I have, it's funny watching this show, and that's the reason why I wanted to watch it. Unseen right. was like, oh, that's cool. You don't happen. get to right. you don't get to see a lot of these '90s NWA things in their full form. And I saw that video, and I was like, this will be awesome. And then right. I realized that since I didn't see a lot of it, I just saw it in magazines and stuff. Right. I had a much fonder memory of this version of right. the NWA like, than like, it actually was. Who among us didn't turn through the pages of PWI and go, oh shit, Chris Candido is the NWA champion? How would he do it? And then we read. About the tournament was like, oh, that was a pretty damn good tournament. Yeah. It was star studded. They had they had great talent on that show. Maybe twenty five years. Maybe twenty five years ago, I'll get together with my buddies and review it on a podcast, and we'll just we'll just gush over this thing. Right, and then lo and the behold, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but yes, I mean, it was look, it wasn't terrible. We've obviously watched worse shows. But I've been. Yeah. To, I've, yeah. I, I, I've, I don't been, know. I've been to indie. I've been to indie shows and armories that were better than this. Yeah, this might be the worst show we've ever had to sit through and watch. Production wise, yes. Commentary. Everything. Yes. Everything. Well, no, there was the tournaments look like shit. It the is, building yes. looks like shit. The cameras are shit. The commentators are shit. The ring announcer is a fucking piece of shit. Everything about this show was terrible. I'm wondering if, like, okay, Douglas throws down the title in December, right? Mm-hmm. And August. Then, 
August. I'm sorry, August. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then for like that three, that couple of months in between before this tournament, if they didn't like scramble, what are we going to do? 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 And then somebody's just like, look, just do a damn tournament. However it goes over, put a title on somebody, and then we'll move on from there once we have a champion. Right. And you so know? the smartest guy, the smartest guy in the room got shouted down because the smartest right. guy in the room was right. going. Was listen. He was watching this tournament happen. Right there's some guy. There, right. There's always a smart guy in the room, but he always gets mm. shouted down. There was a, <laughs> you know, there was a guy amongst this cackle of fucks. All right, <laughs> that, that was watching the show. Hold on, I gotta. I'm cracking myself up here, <laughs> and he's going. All right, we got a champ. We did a tournament. But let's just make sure nobody other than the people in Cherry Hill ever see it. Yeah. <laughs> right. like, like, give me, right. give me that tape. Give me that right. tape. Give me that tape. Or, or he was probably like, look, we tried. We got a damn good we champion. Failed. Out of it. We move on. Right. We tried. We failed. Smashed the tape. <laughs> And we're going to do something else. You can like, this can, never, you can this no. never happened. You can even this still, still never say Chris happened. Candido won a tournament and became the NWA right. champion. If, if we can give That's Pat fine. Patterson the Intercontinental title, why can't Chris Candido be the NWA champion? Like, like we need to pretend like this never happened. We're <laughs> going to pay the fans to say, I wasn't there. Like, <laughs> Hush money. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Give them all a pizza and be like, "Look, you were never here. Right. I was never here." <laughs> Exit through the bay door. <laughs> yeah. But it smells over there. <laughs> smells worse in here, buddy. <laughs> no, it smells but... like the inside of a gym sock. Jesus, get oh, out of here! God, it's terrible. <laughs> all right, the next match is Chris Candido. Chris Candido against the dirty white boy Tony Anthony. Um, pretty basic match here. Nothing well, they didn't do it. They, they, it. It was what it was because they were selling the knee thing. So it's not yeah. like they were going to go out there and have a knockdown, drag out match, which they were very capable of doing. Absolutely. Um, Candido wins this one with the pull of the tights. Which the next match? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the next match. This is where I got mad. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you roll then. We got Rock and Roll Express versus the Gangsters at Smoky Mountain Tag Team Championship. This is when I got mad. Which on paper sounds like a fantastic match. Oh, and the, the match was good. But this is when I got mad because the commentators started just talking like Uber's amount of shit about the Rock and Roll Express. Like, yeah. They called them grandpas. They said they had been a tag team since the 1950s. Um, just, just, uh, how do I, like, they hadn't attacked the talent, really, until this. And I don't know why. They were like, oh, let's just start making fun of the Rock and Roll Express. I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I know they were, I, like, you know what I'm saying? I know they made jokes and stuff, but they didn't, like, attack the talent. Well, because at least they were smart enough to not do that. They were begrudgingly saying things that they shouldn't have been saying. No commentator should be, you know, shitting on the talent. Because if they want to have the Rock and Roll Express back there one day, you know, for whatever show the NWA is going to do, you don't shit on the Rock and Roll Express. 
you know. But I I just I don't know. I don't know who gave these guys notes and told them to say these things. Still there? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And and I guess I mean I was I, okay, when I was watching this show, I watched it in two different ways because at one point I was watching it on my laptop and then I was watching it on my TV. Like I, right. I, 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 I casted well. it to my TV from, uh, from my phone. And to be honest, Aaron, I didn't catch up, catch a lot of that because when I was watching it on my TV, the audio was so bad. I Horrible. Couldn't really, I couldn't really hear them that well. Like when I would be on my laptop, I could hear them better. But when I was casting on my TV, I didn't hear it that well. So I didn't even catch that. I had my TV full blast and I, I heard what Aaron is saying, but it was like, yeah, it was bad audio. That's It's just bad. But well, I, mean, I have a my, nice TV, so I can hear it. <laughs> well, la di da for you. Walmart, of course you have a nice TV. la da for you. But no, and, and, um, like I said, the match was fine, and it's also anytime I see these guys wrestle, it reminds me of when New Jack, when anybody would talk to him about like the hardcore stuff and everything. He's like, "Look, I earned the right to be able to do that because I learned how to do all that drop down, grab a head, step right. over, <laughs> flippy bullshit with rock and roll." You know what I mean? Like, right. he's like I earned that shit. He like, was New Jack knew how to wrestle, you know. It's like Cornette said in his tribute to it. Yeah, it's essentially what Cornette said in his tribute to New Jack. He said, you know, a lot of people say stuff about, you know, New Jack did this. or But at the end of the day, the reason New Jack was different than all those other quote-unquote hardcore deathmatch guys or different than a lot of them was that he was a really good worker and then evolved yes. into that. He found his listening. niche. You know, it's just I like was... Mick Foley. Um, Mick Foley, he... He was a great worker, but he found his niche in being hardcore. And Tommy Dreamer, I, I listened to Tommy Dreamer for an hour talk about New Jack because Tommy Dreamer and New Jack were tight and loved each other. And he said that he doesn't like to talk about like um, the secrets of how they do things, you know. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about the staple gun. Because he said that he brought Jack into like a house of hardcore thing, and they were going to do a deal, and and Jack would always check the staple gun. He 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 shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, hit it up against the wall, make sure there's nothing in there. And he said he was doing this, and he went to like show the guy, hey, you know, and then I'm going to staple you. And the guy was like, really? And he goes, yeah, nothing happens. And he did it, and there was like one in the chamber. Oh God! And the guy was like, "Ah, fuck!" and all this shit. And New Jack was like, "Oh man, you're selling it so good." It's like I'm not selling it. You stapled my arm, and New Jack was like, "I've never done that before in my life. I'm so sorry." <laughs> you know? And he's like, "They were all laughing because you know, he's like, I've been stapling people for 25 years, and I've never done it. And the first time I actually stapled somebody, it was like in the back, showing somebody, oh, it doesn't even hurt." And he said, and that's what New Jack was talking to him about, was talking about how all these guys are stupid. He's like, Tommy, we work the world, man. They thought we were doing all this shit to each other and we weren't doing nothing. And he was like, I never, he's like, Tommy was like, I never like to explain like how the sausages are made or whatever. But you know what he would do? 
Like, you know, like when he hit the staple gun and there'd be like the dollar would be stuck on the guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if he always had gum in his mouth and he'd put the gum in the guy's hair and then he'd hit just with like an empty staple gun. And then he just like basically gum the guy's gum the money to the guy's head. Wow. Because if you're a wrestler, would you rather have to get some gum out of, out of your hair? Or have to get a staple or, out of your Or dig a staple out of your fucking head. And right. Jack's like, we work the world, man. And now these guys are like stapling each other in the dicks and shit. Right. Like, what the fuck? And there's your difference, folks. <laughs> there's your difference. Right there. Sleight of hand works very well, as opposed to, I'm going to go through these light tubes and try not to die. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean... There's a lot to be said for that. We talked about New Jack's passing on the Reliving the Extreme show. We didn't really address it here, but I mentioned on there um, one of the great promos of all time. Without a doubt. Whether it was Smoky Mountain or ECW, New Jack knew how to deliver a promo and get the crowd to go oof. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and then when he turned face... And he was delivering promos. They were behind him the whole way. Yes. And can I say this just to talk about New New Jack a little bit? We'll get into New Jack here. Aaron got me thinking about, man, I don't know. I don't know if there is anybody. You don't really see a lot of new shoot interviews come out. And I think that's because. First of all, most of the guys that were doing those shoot interviews back then, the money marks that were just paying those wrestlers to ask them questions like, Hey, remember when you remember when you wrestled the Eliminators? Stupid, not probing questions. Just Chris a bunch of yeah, yeah. Bunch yeah. of bunch of Yeah, yes. That's Chris perfect. Farley. That's a perfect analogy. Remember when you were the that. Beatles? Hey, remember when you died? That's a, that's a perfect <laughs> analogy, Archie. Remember when you died? I love that. Remember when you died? That was a hoax, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's those. But I, I think you don't see shoot interviews now because now you've got things like Dark Side of the Ring and stuff that really, really right. get in depth into or, the business. And, and and everybody's got a. I shouldn't. I'm not saying it like oh, or, like some yeah, people. Are, everybody's yeah. got a. Everybody's got a podcast. Why are they well, going to go on somebody else's shit and tell their story when they can tell true. their story on their some podcast? Mar- some but mark also, in a hotel room. But also, yeah. though, with a shoot interview, it would be much different than it was a few years ago because now guys have a lot of access to grind against each other. You know, if I say it on my podcast and I say something bad about somebody, they're going to come to me directly. Mm-hmm. But, like, if Ric Flair were to shoot on Shane Douglas the way he did, like, six, seven years ago and say, well, Shane Douglas works at Walmart now, <laughs> Shane Douglas would first go after the guy who did the shoot interview and then after Ric Flair. Yeah, and then the know, other thing just, is too, a lot of the guys have already done multiple shoot right, interviews, okay? Right. And it's like, um, kind of like what Cornette talks about now. Now the guys that would you'd want to do a shoot interview with, like, oh, this guy just left the WWF or the WWE, let's do a shoot interview with him. He has no, no cool, fucking no, stories, yeah, no cool stories. Right. They just they they work and then they go back to their hotel. And they fucking play up, up, video down, games. down challenge yep. with fucking Xavier Woods. Yep. I don't want to yep. hear about fucking playing video games with Xavier Woods. <laughs> oh, oh, and don't forget about their meal prep because all of them are on meal prep. <laughs> None of them are allowed to do anything because there's fucking nope. cameras all over. The, the last 
the last the last cowboy and uh, people are gonna tell me I'm stupid or crazy or whatever, but the last cowboy was John Cena. Yep. He was the last oh, one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. That's he why was the last one that would that you hear any of the old guys saying that dude would go to the fucking bar with me and beer to beer me the entire time and fucking sing mm-hmm. karaoke and take the bet to pick the fattest girl up and take her home. You know, like shit like that. Like John right. Cena's the last. Yeah. Um, but what I was saying was new Jack, not only one of my great, my favorite promos ever, he might be my favorite shoots to watch. My two favorite shoot interview guys to watch are New Jack and Raven. Mine's Honky Tonk Man. I love Honky we'll Tonk Man too, but New Jack because it's entertaining and Raven right. because of his mind. Story. New Jack tells you a story. Like, see, that's why I like Cornette too. You get glued to the screen and you want to watch for 45 minutes to an hour them tell you this story. Mm-hmm. Even though they go in a roundabout way, like we do. They get off the tracks, they go and they, you know. Raven, though, gives you such a genius answer. Yeah, yeah that's you know well, what that, I mean? and that's what I was saying. That's why Scott Levy, I like to watch his shoot interviews because of his mind. Like, yeah. if it wasn't for his demons and stuff and his not wanting to. He oh, was, he a, he was a company. Well, and yeah, and and him not wanting to play politics, which I respect, right. I guess. Right. He could have been. He could have been right up there with Heyman and shit. Is one of the great creative minds. Oh yeah. In the business, oh, yeah. he's so smart. Like even the even the shoot interviews where he appears to be fucked up. You can just watch him talk about wrestling right. and know that it is it is through and through. He is a he is a pro wrestling guy, you know. He understands the business. Like Aaron and I have talked about before, I never realized it until Scott Levy said it. There's only seven stories in pro wrestling. Right. <laughs> you know, there's only seven stories. And you three can tell. of them intertwine. Yeah, it's what just a matter of how you tell them. It's just a matter of the players and how you tell the story, yep. but there's only seven stories. Exactly. Except now when it's sports entertainment and there's zombies. But Right. Um, or, or big, big giants who don't do anything but sit on the corner. You know, like the rock and roll go over in this match that we didn't discuss (laughs) by disqualification. Um, And we have the main event now, Chris Candido, Tracy Smothers for the vacant NWA championship. It was a good match. This is where I wrote down the Tammy promo. I love her promos. I love her voice. And like I said, she was all the way live on this night. And for most of the early nineties, there's a guy. Did you guys notice the guy that was trying to start a Candido sucks chant, but he had no rhythm, so nobody picked up on it. He was like, "Candido sucks." Candido sucks. Yeah, I was like, this guy's trying to start a chant, but he has no rhythm, so nobody's chanting with him. Like he he sucks. That guy sucks. <laughs> Whoever that guy was, he sucks. Um, this match was good. Um, it, was, it was a good it was. match to end a shitty show. It was. Um, Chris Chris, Chris, and Tracy, when they were out there, put on a great show the whole way. You know, they didn't let their surroundings or the crowd uh, get to them in any way. Like, you might see a wrestler, like, you know, just blow it up. Like, the hell with it. I can give a shitty performance and no one's going to care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, same with Tony Anthony. Same with Jerry Lawler. And 
God rest his soul, Eddie Gilbert tried his best, as you guys said, but he just, like you mentioned, Nate wanted to do Puerto Rico or an ECW-style match in the middle of Cherry Hill, New Jersey for the NWA title. With, but, without without the proper cameras, I'm just right, saying. Without the proper you know. If they had two more cameras, it would have been much better. But <laughs> but this was, this ending the show was so much better than anything else they could have put together because seeing Chris Candido and knowing how hard he worked on the indies to get to this point, it was a great feel-good moment. Although he was a heel, it still made me feel like this is what should have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, But I do find it ironic. And maybe I'm, I'm noticing that it doesn't happen for a few more years. Douglas got the title, threw it down. The next champion is Chris Candido. Two triple threat members. Mm-hmm. Because later on in time, Candido and Douglas are in the triple threat together. So I wonder if Douglas is like, so you actually held the NWA title? And Candido's like, yeah, why? What'd you do, throw it down? You know? <laughs> <laughs> why would you get something like that and just throw it away? Right. <laughs> what are you, an idiot? <laughs> because of Dick Flair. Um, overall, the show is bad. Yeah, I, I... <laughs> I'm just saying, the show is bad. Um, they did the... One of them, either Nori or um, the professor, when Candido put Tammy up on his shoulder, started doing the Macho Man impression. Did you catch that? Yeah. Yeah. Not a very well thought out Pancho Man impression, but no, still, no. It was yeah. it was passable. It was more like the Nacho Man. Right. Right. Thinking, 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 yeah. So let's give our final thoughts here, guys. I mean, I just said it. It was bad. And we've we've uh we've said it was bad. <laughs> I, I I'm just trying to elaborate a little more here at the end. Um, for a little, a little more, um, a little more. If if this was what they had to deal with, and they didn't have any more time, okay, fine. But if they could have stalled for maybe another couple months and gotten to the new year, and maybe gotten a bigger arena and better cameras and better commentators, you know, better everything, still, better everything, <laughs> better everything. But, I mean, they could have still done it in New Jersey, <laughs> but there's plenty of other arenas better than where they were. Um, you know, but it is what it is. Candido mm-hmm. held the title. He he did represent the NWA proudly. Um, and, you know, it. in my opinion, though, it was crap. The, the show itself was crap. Aaron? This is the worst thing we've ever had to watch. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm imploring our listeners, do not do what we ask you to do a lot. And, oh. Find the link. Watch it. Watch along with us. No, You'll enjoy right. it. It's so much better to watch it along with us. Don't watch the show. <laughs> right. Unless you're drunk and want to laugh. I you almost know. I almost flagged it on YouTube. It's offensive. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so before oh. we do our sign-off, just to give everybody a perspective who maybe is younger or wasn't a wrestling fan in the 90s, between Chris Candido winning the NWA championship <coughs> at this show, I wanted to run down for everybody. Between Chris Candido and when TNA, or yeah, when Jerry Jarrett got the rights to the NWA title with total nonstop action, 
while the NWA was running as essentially an indie fed, here were your champions. Chris Candido, this is November 19th, 1994, or 18th, sounds good. After this, it is Dan Severn. Not for like four years. Severn wore the title from February 24th, 1995 until March 14th, 1999, where he lost it in Japan to Nayo. Nayo I always have a trouble with this guy's name. Nayoa Ogawa. His um. name's too much. The next champion, September 25th, 99, Gary Steele. I know nothing about him. Ogawa wins the title back in October of 99. Then, does anybody, some of our listeners might not, you guys might. The next champion was, anybody remember the Colorado kid, Mike Rapata? Yeah, he sucked. No. (laughs) No, I do not. Yeah, he was actually one of those guys that if you looked at the magazines back in the late 90s, he was going to be one of those guys that went to the WWF or WCW and became a big thing. And He was that, Burt Prentice's boy. That didn't happen. Yeah. He was Burt Prentice's boy. Rapata won the title the 19th of September, 2000. Sabu beat him on November 14th, 2000. Then he wow, won the I title. Did. Yep, Sabu was the champion for a little over a month. Rapata beat him on December 22nd. <clears throat> and then Steve Carino won the title. Yep, that I remember. Hashimoto beat him, didn't he? Yep, Hashimoto beat him, and then Dan Severn beat Hashimoto, and then the title was vacated when the uh, when uh, the NWA or TNA acquired the NWA license, right. and Severn did not go to right. TNA. Severn, Severn didn't want to go to TNA, so TNA said, "Well, we're going to do the next best thing." Ken Shamrock. We're going to get Ken Shamrock. <laughs> Who held the title, I think, for one whole taping. Because he won the title on the first show. And I think by episode three or four, he lost it to yeah. Ron Killings. Mm-hmm. So. And then there you go. There it is. And then we start with the TNA history of the NWA title, which had some good champions. You it know, Ray, AJ. Raven, yep. AJ, even Christian, I Christian at that even- time. Even Jarrett was a respected when he first won it, not when he won it 18 more times every other week, but, you know. Well, see, Jeff Jarrett's run in TNA, I liken to... um, I liken to Jerry Lawler in Memphis or the Von Erichs in Dallas. It was still a territorial mindset, and hear me out. Jeff Jarrett was thinking, I'm the guy that I know is still going to be here tomorrow. And I, and I, I agree with you. But, and yes, territorial wrestling, the Von Erichs were the best thing going in Texas. Right or wrong? The best thing. Most of the time. Right. Until they brought in Lance until, Von Erich. Well, um, I was going <laughs> well, to say, they were usually the best thing going until, you know, you had Gino Hernandez. or Right. Or the Freebirds. Yeah. Or, yeah, right. In... With Lawler, again, he was the Memphis's favorite son. They liked to boo mm-hmm. him or loved to cheer him. So he was the best thing going in Memphis. Law- Jared had these guys under contract. Big names. Mm-hmm. He brought in guys like Cole and Nash, 
Macho Man, which, okay, I know he wasn't going to give the belt to Macho Man because he was only there for a couple of weeks. He brought in Jeff Hardy at one point. And, you know, AJ Styles, Ron Killings, big names who never got the chance to have a title run in these other companies that they were a part of. Rhino came in, held the title for all of, what, two weeks, and then they took it back from him and gave it back to Jared. Mm-hmm. You know, Monty Brown, who was a great up-and-comer. And I look at it, and I, I'm not shitting on AEW in any way. AEW has only been around for two years, and they've only had three champions. So it's understandable that not everybody has gotten the title yet, which is for the better. But with TNA, you were hot-shotting the title so much. Why didn't you give somebody a try other than Jared for a couple of months? Right. You know? So, and it was the NWA title. So you, I, I'm not saying here it wasn't prestigious, but if you were going to play hot potato for the first year and a half that you were a company, then it shouldn't have been Jared 14 of those 20 times it changed hands. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's a story for another day. Before we end the show, of course we have to plug things. And this week, um, I want to say, first of all, If you are a collector, action figures, et cetera, et cetera, bodies, (laughs) (laughs) heads, this has gone morbid. Or did you just mean custom heads, Archie? Custom that's what heads. you meant, isn't it? Custom heads. I that's meant what I was... head bodies. <laughs> well, no. You won't find any of those on World Championship Customs. Oh. But you will oh, find okay. you will find Mr. Archie Mitchell there. Join that group, World Championship Customs. Archie, I love that group. Uh, I do, too. I do, too. It gives us all a chance to be uh, very artistic or expressional. Uh, just mm. recently, I had a gentleman ask me to make him a new Jack custom. And when I got done with it, I even made a damn staple gun. Uh, <laughs> now I you have to, get... now, now you have to add a piece of gum. Well, yeah, now, now I know that, <laughs> but I didn't want to get rid of it anymore. I was like, damn, I want to keep this. And that's my mm-hmm. problem. You, I make these things that people want to either buy or, you know, I'm giving away or whatever. And I look at them after I'm done with them. I'm like, damn, they came out too good. Um, but yeah world championship customs we're still growing we're at 1200 members we've got a lot of we got a gentleman uh who does shoe custom made shoes uh guys who do uh uh, comic book characters and batman and superman um it's amazing the amount of creativity you see these people put into their work Mm -hmm. so so definitely if you are a collector of anything Join World Championship Customs. Yes. And the Asylum. And the Asylum and the Nerd Closet. Yes. Um, the I was going to bring up the Virtual Asylum shows and the Asylum Wrestling Podcast, which is a podcast version of those shows that I produce. And uh, the virtual shows, and now that, uh, that the COVID is over, we're pretty yes. much seemingly dying down and we're getting back to, I'm so excited for live music and live wrestling again, I can't even stand it. Yes, but, um, I am too. The uh, the asylum is going on the road now. Also, July, July in Tennessee, mm-hmm. October in uh, Baltimore, where I will be there as will David Gold, Nick Francis, and a lot of the asylum members. And uh, September the eighteenth in Philadelphia at the twenty three hundred arena. Right? Yes, yes. Heroes yeah. of wrestling. 
And I'm excited because that's the day before my birthday. So I'm going to go all out while I'm there. <laughs> and so check that out. Join the asylum. Get in the virtual signings. And by getting in the virtual signings, you get yourself on a podcast because those signings become an right. audio podcast that you can also listen to. Of course, we've put it over a couple of times during this show. Reliving the Extreme, where Aaron, ECW's Chad Austin, and I are reliving the extreme, ECW, week to week. And I can tell you it is confirmed that sometime within the next few weeks, we will have, I believe, the first podcast appearance ever of ECW and East Coast star Tommy Cairo. The Iron Man. On reliving the extreme. So I'm really excited about that. Tommy and I, he's on vacation right now, but we're going to hook up this next week to make sure that he's got all the technical specifics down. And uh, it's going to be great. Um, That show is awesome. I do encourage that you watch that. Watch it. Listen to it. Don't watch it. We're all sitting around in our pajama pants. But, um, and also, last but not least, WrestleNet Radio. Yes. Um, the numbers are actually much better than I thought they would be. And thank you to those that are listening. Uh, the numbers are better than I thought they would be just a month and a half in. And that is building as well. As a matter of fact, we always talk about our Facebook groups here. I have a Facebook page for WrestleNet Radio. I think coming up this week, we're going to start a Facebook group as well for WrestleNet Radio. So there's another group for you to be in admin in there. <laughs> I'm I'm one away from a thousand, so I need I need one more group. But you can hear original shows on there, plus past episodes of Reliving the Extreme, the We Can't Wrestle podcast, and the Asylum Wrestling podcast. WrestleNet Radio twenty four seven three sixty five. It's in the Google Play Store, and the link is on any of our pages for you to open it in Safari on Apple. Because I don't know, I don't know about Apple, whatever. There, but anyway, it is there. It is there for you to listen to. 24-7, 365 days a year, yes. WrestleNet Radio. And just to plant a little seed, I'm going long with the plugs here. Um, but I want everybody to know that uh, we were talking about live shows and live events and very excited about live events. Next week, I will probably have news for all of you about the first ever wrestling convention live appearance for... The We Can't Wrestle family. Excited for that. Yes. I will uh we're I'm gonna finalize everything this week and hopefully have some news for you guys next week on that where you will be able to come see us, our now, ugly mugs now at a wrestling I have, convention. I have a question. Mm-hmm. In my contract it says that transportation will be provided. So to get to the live show, can like the bicycle's send a on plane? the way, dude. Oh the bicycle's on the way. Okay, good. I just want yep. maybe a plane or a, a train, but a bike will work too. Actually, Kyle is on his way to get you right now. Oh, perfect! perfect. <laughs> He's on the bicycle. He's on. He's the on bicycle. And Kyle's on the bicycle. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> well, that being said, guys, thank you for joining me this week. On yes. and thank you for suffering through this. Um, your bonuses are on the way. <laughs> Aaron gets a tube of spree, and, and Kyle's got my cheeseburger with him. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta Aaron. get paid to be able to get a bonus. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Anyway, you get paid. If, in, if it's just, if it's just get, a, if it's just the first time you got money, it's not a bonus. You get paid in admiration from our listeners. 
Isn't that enough? Uh, for you, for no. Your ego? No. No. Uh, no. A sprayer on the way. On the shittiest candies. A spree? <laughs> like, sprees? Hey, Is that what you're saying? That's why I picked it, yeah. Since we're getting spree, I want... What a boring candy. <laughs> Since we're getting spree for Aaron, I want a three liter of Dr. Thunder. <laughs> it's like, it's the, it's the can, it's the, That's so funny. Only generic pop has the three liter. <laughs> the candy, candy coated church wafer. That's what threes are. It's a fucking crash. Oh, Archie, by the way, yes. I'm sending Kyle with the car, but I need you to cover the gas. <laughs> oh, God. As always, it's fun. Thank you guys, and thank you listeners for joining us here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And we will see you next time around. Hopefully next time we're covering something a lot better than this. We'll see you around, everybody. Anything. Anything's better. (laughs) The We Can't Wrestle podcast is a production of Maxin' Out Media. All rights reserved.